Hey folks, it's Chris. Nothing too much to announce. Just a reminder that this is a plot important episode. We're back to the main canon. And that we will be taking next week off before we start the third arc. The third arc will be a bit shorter and a little more lighthearted before we start really moving into some of the uh, major plot shifts that are going to start happening afterwards. Alright, uh, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Out of the Forest, an actual play podcast about a bunch of villagers hoping they're the next one to be invited to your island. We are currently playing Monster of the Week by Michael Sands. I am Chris, and I am your GM slash keeper, and I am joined by my players. I'm Evan, and I play Baron. I'm Dominic, and I play Karnunos. I'm Jessica, and I play Enith. And I'm Alistair, and I play Isaac. Alright, so, um, this is a little bit in violation of the usual storytelling rule of uh, show, don't tell. But I'm just kind of curious uh, as to getting a, a, a pulse reading on how all of your characters are feeling about their current predicaments. Uh, Evan, how is Baron doing lately? Um, very unsure about like his nature at all, considering that the the orb... Um kind of made him rethink about like the idea of magic and how it's kind of controlling him because it's kind of the opposite of what he expected fair fair all right so. yeah next in the order uh carnunos how is carnunos feeling dominic i think that um i don't know that carnunos is too either plussed or nonplussed <laughs> um <laughs> neither overwhelmed or underwhelmed merely whelmed he's whelmed i am unplussed uh, no, I don't know. He's like, I, I think he wants to take a closer look at it, but at the same time, he doesn't want to touch it. <laughs> He's like, I probably need to look into this, but I really don't want to, if that makes any sense. Fair, fair. Uh, so, uh, next up in the order, Enif, uh, how are they feeling? Um, conflicted, I guess, uh, because they're, um, like, they, they feel like they've been doing good you know, by assisting, because uh, I remember they they became like. I mean, I guess most people won't remember this because this wasn't recorded, but um, they originally became a team because of Agent Franks and um, wanting to, you know, um, help people. And then now they're kind of wondering if you know if what they're doing is you know hurting their own kind, you know. So, gotcha. That's fair. And finally, how is Isaac feeling in all this? Um, I think Isaac has a bit of a renewed energy, kind of like a bit more vigor for what they're doing. Um, the very first uh, monster he encountered and that kind of, uh, you know, the death that came with that really weighed on him and the fact that they were able to kind of successfully uh pull this one off and 
I'm assuming, you know, he's watching the news and that no deaths have been reported and that overall they did a pretty good job. He's probably feeling a little bit proud of them as a group um, and kind of excited about what kind of an impact that might be. Um, I think on the other hand, there's... He does not really know Agent Frakes. I mean, he met him once kind of at the end of uh, the previous arc when they were just leaving the campground. Um, and you know, knows that the group talks about him and seems to really like him and had, you know, a bunch of history. And he's coming in here as kind of a newcomer with no none of that knowledge. But from what it looks like, you know, the agency was behind this orb and this uh, research into magic and, he, you know, everything that he's seeing is pointing to don't trust them um, and don't trust the agency and don't trust Agent Franks. And so I think he's feeling a bit... Um, I'm not really sure how to how to describe that besides that he doesn't trust the agency I think a lot more than the rest of the group might not trust the agency just because he has no reason to trust Agent Franks. That's fair. So he just, he tr- doesn't trust the the company just all, as a whole while the others know that yeah. like, hey, at least one good person in theory is in there so maybe it's not everyone in the organization. Yeah. So it's it's funny building off of your whole thing about how like they did you guys definitely did a lot better as far as like uh, casualties go last time. Uh, my introduction to the respite, which we'll be getting to in just a second here, uh, I initially had it talking about like the pros and cons of it, and it came off just very unnatural and not a good introduction. So I'm glad we got to talk about that before going into the actual story bits. Cool. Uh, which I'm gonna go ahead and fade off into now, unless anyone has any other notes. No. Okay. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Move on. The trials at Munsdale Polymer Labs opened your eyes to some troubling new developments in your struggles to protect the town. From the agency's true motives being potentially worse than originally thought to the great unknown behind the darkness in the force implied by Dr. Russell, it seems that your fight might necessitate going beyond simple reactive protection against individual threats. But with little to go on, it's not quite certain what that would even look like. You don't even know the shape of it, as Dr. Russell said. And so you all have been trying your best to live as much of a normal life as you can in spite of all this. Everyone needs a break from constant mortal peril, after all. Isaac, you are sitting in the cafeteria on campus, picking at your sandwich as Defan, your roommate, finishes an anecdote. Defan is almost finished with his meal, and has been almost finished with his meal for the past 10 minutes. It's hard to tell whether he doesn't want the rest of his fries or he's simply talking too much to give himself time to eat them. The lights in the cafeteria flicker. <laughs> and the goose just chased it off. I, I tell you, man, it's just like a full-on war between them. I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> Defiant finally shoves one of the last three fries in his mouth and through a mouthful of mash continues. <laughs> so seriously, man, what have you been up to? I feel like you've been out of the apartment way more often than, well, ever. Oh, um, yeah, I've actually been, uh, trying to get out a little bit more. Um, I, uh, joined a club, so I'm doing that now. So I'm not around as much. Oh man, what, what, what club have you been joining, man? Um, you know, the, uh, campus actually has a speedrunning club. Um, so I decided why not give them a shot? 
Um, we've been having a lot of fun doing, you know, video game speedruns, which is uh, a lot more difficult than you'd imagine, and hence why I'm not home as often. we got to do a lot of training. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen some of them speedruns online. It's kind of crazy. I don't, I don't really get into that that much, but uh, you, you've been having fun with them? Yeah, they're they're pretty cool people. I feel like I found some good friends. All right, that's good to hear. I, uh, Mar- Marissa and I were a little worried when we seen even less than usual. You've been kind of, I mean, I, I understand you're an introvert, but you, you've been withdrawn even more than usual. That, that means a lot. I'm glad that you noticed, but no, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Uh, it's at this point that Defon uh, looks at his watch and goes, Ah, oh, shoot! Ah, oh, goddamn! Uh, and he, he shoves the last two fries in his mouth and looks and he goes, I gotta get to class, see you later, man! And he all right, yeah, clambers to his feet, grabs all his stuff, and, and, and makes his way out of the cafeteria. Uh, you are sitting uh, alone now, uh, and you, you get some more time to, to finish off your sandwich, and just as you are getting to the end of your sandwich, uh, three girls approach you. Uh, you recognize two of them as Priyanka, the... Uh, de facto leader of the speedrunning club, Seema, the girl who you've met a few times now, uh, starting with the camp, and a short girl with messy red hair that you do not recognize. Uh, without another word, they all sit down off across from you, Priyanka staring at you with suspicion. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> On brand awkwardness rising. Hello. <laughs> Seema goes, uh, hey, Isaac, how you doing? And Priyanka uh, holds up hand, and Seema kind of cuts her a glare, and uh, Priyanka goes, goes, we don't have time for small chat. I, I told you I'd be keeping an eye on you back at camp, and I've been keeping an eye, and I have some questions for you. Uh, okay, shoot. Uh, Priyanka uh, looks a little bit surprised that you're just so ready for questions, and then goes, uh, well, I... We something weird happened on campus, and you were there, and then I can't remember it very well, and something weird happened at camp, and Seema can't remember it very well, and something happened at Seema's mother's work, and she can't remember it very well, and I think you have something to do with it. You're talking about that thing from campus a couple of weeks ago, and then the the Longstream campground stuff. And wh- where did you say your mother works? Uh, my, my mom works at the, the Munsdale Polymer Labs. Uh, something happened there like a few days ago, and she can't remember the day very well, and it's a little bit frighteningly similar to how I feel about the, the camp incident. And then there was that weird thing where you had the same dream as me about some sort of demon dog, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember either of those days really well either. College has been kind of a blur anyway, but I don't remember much from the weekend of the camp either. Um, I've seen some stuff on the news about the Polymer Labs, and gosh, that seems like it was a, a huge deal, and I'm I'm sorry that, you know, that happened to your mom, and I really hope she's okay, um, but I don't think I know too much about that either. Uh, Priyanka is staring at you with complete suspicion, doesn't seem very convinced at all. Seema looks honestly a little uncomfortable with this confrontation. It, it's clear that Priyanka probably just dragged her into this. Um, but, like, she's also not really backing away from it. Um, 
and then the the third girl has been completely quiet like of, avoiding looking at you directly for most of this conversation and uh eventually she she speaks up and her first few words are a, a little too quiet for you to hear and Priyanka goes you you have to speak up Delilah and she she looks a little embarrassed and just goes what I uh my dad went missing a, a month or so ago and from what I've heard from Pianca, I, th- I think your new friends had something to do with it. Oh my gosh. Um, t- I don't want to be insensitive. Um, could you tell me more? What was his name? My dad, his, his name was, was Hank Rogers. He, he worked for the lumber mill. Oh shit. Oh fuck. Oops. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh boy. Machi machi. Consequences. <laughs> the worst part is that, like, uh, unless they paid special attention to the introductory episode, this means nothing to any of the listeners. <laughs> now, hold on. Hold, uh... Now, hold on. Just a second. Was that the one I killed? <laughs> In fact, <laughs> the very... one you killed. <laughs> oh, consequences <laughs> for our actions. Machi machi. Ah, yikes. All righty. Uh, Delilah continues. He goes, his name was Hank Rogers. He worked at the lumber mill. He was accused of attempting to, to kill one of his coworkers, which I know he couldn't have. He was, he was a great man. Um, and, and then he escaped from, from, from custody and shortly afterwards went missing. Um, and uh, Priyanka cuts off and she goes, and now he's dead thanks to your friends uh and Seema cuts another glare and and goes priyanka it's they never found a body he's missing and priyanka kind of like uh scoffs at that and and delilah looks visibly upset at this accusation of her father being actually dead <laughs> damn priyanka's um, a bitch my god i yeah. forgot Seriously, i did forget yeah. that i just dumped his body in the woods <laughs> oh, oh no god i i, I now, now let me now let me take a little bit off your conscience you did that to a, ch- a child you did not do that to this full-grown man oh, um, right. okay. Okay. this That's man fine. was cleaned up by the agency because oh, you were like oh, we, yeah. we murdered someone <laughs> wait yeah, hold on um and Delilah, after kind of like, wait, is that the guy down, that Critters murdered in my basement? Yes. yes. Uh, Fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're getting yeah. there. No, the other guy that we murdered. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of people right. that Critters has killed. It's hard to keep track. Now, hold on a minute. <laughs> Jesus. How, now hold on. How many is it? It's two, two? maybe three, but two? I can't think of the third one. I think it's uh, that's like two, maybe three people too many. Yeah, yeah think, that's fair. I, guess, I mean, yeah. granted, technically the, pe- the second one he let die. He technically did not kill that person. That's true. I just I could have saved them. <laughs> he did not. But chose anyway, not. Uh, Delilah kind of swallows down the the mm-hmm. you know upsetness at Priyanka's very rude, inconsiderate uh, outburst, and goes, "He's uh, they they recently." Uh, closed the, the the case um I, d- I don't know why it's it's been often very strange uh but he's been written down as uh evading, running away from the law and going into hiding i priyanka was very helpful she helped me uh go to the uh police place nearby the 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 lumber mills and we talked to to one of the the cops who was Surprisingly open. 
uh, and he he described some people that matched, or one of them matched the description of one of your friends who came and interrogated my father in the cell uh, before he went missing. I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, what was the description of of the person who interrogated him? Uh, they were um, tall, curly hair. Uh, the, the man described uh, it being a little hard to look into his eyes because they were they were just intensely sparkly. I think were his exact quotes. Uh, I don't know. The man wasn't the most descriptive of people. Okay. Um, I'll I'll talk to my friends. I mean, it, it could be anybody, and I, I really hope that they do find him, and I'm sure that, you know, just because he hasn't turned up yet doesn't mean that he's dead. Um, but I I would love to help you, you know, try to find him again and, and bring him home. So I'll talk to my friends, and even if they don't know what's going on or if they haven't seen him, um, maybe we can find someone who has. Thank you. Um, uh, he, here. And she uh, takes down a piece of paper and, and writes her number real quick and hints at you and goes, if you find anything, please let me know. And uh, Priyanka glares at you and just goes, you better keep in touch or I will be on you like glue. And uh, she gets up and walks away immediately. And Seema and Delilah kind of watch her go with like confusion. And Delilah just goes, thank you. I, Priyanka, I think I, I'm pretty sure she means well. And uh, she gets up and leaves, and Seema goes, <sighs> Well, something strange is going on, and if you know anything, I I hope you'll let us know. And uh, Seema gets up and leaves. Do an awkward wave when they, when they go. <laughs> As you wave and they go, the lights in the cafeteria flicker once more, and uh, you are left once again alone with the last remnants of your sandwich. Kernunos, you return from a particularly busy day at the diner to your, well, technically Balanos's apartment. The lumber mill has officially fully reopened, the investigation into the murders and disappearances officially closed. You hear two voices inside before you open the door, which is a bit odd, as Balanos doesn't tend to take visitors. Um, I open the door, I just go in. Okay, you just uh, head on in, um, and you find, uh, obviously, Balanos uh, sitting on the couch. Uh, with her on the couch is another woman. Uh, she appears to be a woman of Middle Eastern descent with long, braided, dark hair. And as she turns to you, uh, you recognize the familiar twinkle in her eyes. Erish Kegel. Ken! <laughs> I was wondering when you'd get here. It's been a long time. How are you? Uh, she gets up from the couch and approaches you and and uh, reaches out for a handshake uh, and gives you a quick one and just goes, I've been, uh, it's been all right. Uh, li- uh, Nurgle's been getting on my nerves from here or there, so I've been, I've welcomed the uh, time to get away. Well, you had to pass through 
Uh, how many gates again? Oh, uh, I mean, I took the fast way out. It's, it's, I don't feel like dealing with all of them. Uh, it's worth mentioning that I did read on them. I think it's seven, right? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, so like, I, that's, that's not just well me. Well done. I, I, I read the entire Wikipedia article on Ereshkigal. <laughs> Wow. I have, I have the whole thing about the. I have a book downstairs that runs through everything. A brief interlude. Um, who is this person? Uh, Erish Kegel is the Sumerian slash Mesopotamian uh, goddess of the underworld. Got it. Okay, thank you. Yep. Uh, so Erish Kegel goes. How have you been? It's been a few thousand years, I believe. Yeah, certainly. Um, well, I'm trying to keep things quiet here in Munsdale. Uh, it's my new, my new task. Yes, yes, Izanami was filling me in on the details when we spoke earlier. Hmm, yeah, the, um, they're not, uh, too pleased at the moment, but, uh, I'm working to get things down pat and get everyone back on, back on board. Yes, a, a, a few thousand years. A, a lot of us try and make it in a few, every couple centuries, you know. Uh, Izanami was not too happy about uh, you taking such an extended break. Mm, yes, well, uh, well, welcome to to Monster. Um, I offer you something, but it looks like you and uh, Balanos have already made yourselves acquainted. I'm assuming she offered you tea and heavy metal. Yes, of course, of course. I, uh, I, I'm going to be frank with you, Kerninus. Uh, I, I'm obviously just absolutely, uh, super excited to see you again, but I want to be straightforward. Uh, Izanami was the one, well, Izanami and Quetzalcoatl, uh, both a little unhappy with you and figured a little bit more hands-on, uh, connection was necessary. Uh, wh what, I've, I've, I'm curious, because you usually you choose such spectacular ones. What name are you going by with, uh, on this uh, ch turnaround? <laughs> um, I, uh, I have a, f a few. Mostly, uh, Roger. Roger? Oh, that's a little more plain than your the, the last or, one. Did you ha have any since the James. last time I saw you? James? Yeah. Ooh, you've, um, really, you've really lost it, Ken, haven't you? Well, everyone... Americans have much less interesting names than, um, well, who we're usually working with. Um, <laughs> those are normal here, so I've been trying to, uh, keep a low profile. Oh, yeah, and, uh, she kind of, like, gestures towards her clothes. She's wearing fairly plain clothes. The only thing that stands out is she is wearing a shawl stylized like bird wings. Um, and she goes, I tried to put a few of my own touches, but too much just really... Got a lot of weird looks on the streets. So, <laughs> uh, what can you do? Mortals these days are so much more boring. Although, from what I understand, clothing hasn't really changed for, like, 300 years. Like, men wear the exact same things they did in the 1700s. Oh, oh I, can't, I can't... Anyway, um, so... You've only gotten one of the blood sacrifices that Quetzalcoatl uh, asked for, and then you uh, enacted the harm upon the, the uh, person who donated it to you, but uh, Ketz is willing to let that go. I, uh, I gotta say, that's... Uh, Hecate put in a good word for you, saying that you were really trying to shape back up, and you just dropped the ball this time. Um, I was a bit 
preoccupied to be asking for blood, but it'll, it'll happen, just not right away. Okay, well, until then, unfortunately, the, the, the council is going to leave you out of their meetings, uh, so you'll be a bit out on your own down here. I'm not really here to help, I'm here to keep an eye on you, so you will be seeing me around. Are there, are there any questions I can answer uh, while I'm here before I go and figure out accommodations amongst the mortals? Uh, no, I... I think we've got it all more or less handled. It's just a matter of finding the blood and moving on from there. All right, Ken. It was nice seeing you. Uh, you'll be seeing me around. See you, Balanus. Thanks for the tea. And Balanus waves as Erskigel makes her departure from your apartment. Balanus uh, turns to you and just goes, Oh, well, Master, that's not the best news. No. I mean, at least it was Erskigel, though. I mean, it could have been uh, any number of ones a little less uh, kind to your calls. Yes. Um, if you can, find out where she makes her accommodations. Of course, uh, I, I will get right on that. Uh, and just remember, uh, Master, I know you are a bit swamped, but I am, I am here to help if you ever need any. Well, within reason. Of course. I appreciate it, Balanus. Enif, after everyone left your shop, you were left with a heavy bird. The dark orb you appropriated from the labs is a dangerous artifact, and there does not appear to be a way to turn off its unsettling and problematic effect. Finding a place where it could remain safe, but also distant enough to not interfere with your life, would be far from easy. Your mind is fully concentrated on figuring out this problem, which is something of a problem as you are currently in a fortune-telling session with Paulette. Well, is it allergies or gangrene? Because I read on WebMD it could be gangrene, and I just want to be safe. And I think doctors are a little less reliable than someone who can see the future. Is there any more information, or is that all I'm getting? Um, she, she's been describing her symptoms. It sounds like it's just allergies. Got it. <laughs> um, okay. Enif, Enif, uh, Enif is shuffling the cards in the back of her mind going like, God damn it, <laughs> this woman is constantly here. Um, and pulls out, uh, pulls out a card. Um, and, uh... They're uh they they they're like well I pulled I pulled the nine of wands here which uh tells me that it's most likely allergies and as long as you persevere uh you'll gain strength and become better. Well, that's good. That's good. But you said most likely, so there's still a chance it could be gangrene. Should I be worried? No. The uh the cards here. This card is very strong, so it's it's definitely allergies. <laughs> Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Um, oh, let's see here. I asked you about my groceries. Uh, uh, I asked you about whether or not uh, my son would go to college. I asked you about uh, which route I should take home from here. I, I think that's all for today. Thank you so much, Enif. He, he, here you go. And uh, she pays you just like an exorbitant amount of money for, for what you've done. <laughs> That's okay. And great. great. At least she, she does that. She gets up <laughs> and she makes her way out and she says, thank you, Enif. I'll see you tomorrow. 
and leaves. <laughs> and Enif is like giving like a tight smile, like, oh God, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> always regretting that this is a part of their shop now. <laughs> I, I'm thinking of the idea that like Enif was like suggesting that like try, just trying to get Paula to stop coming. Was like, oh no, money's been tight lately. So I, I don't know, the store might have to close. And, and Paula's like, I can pay double. Oh. And Enif's like, oh, oh I can't that's... turn that down. It's <laughs> not what I meant, but okay. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, Enif uh, collects all the money and, and uh, puts it in, like, a, one of those, you know, old-timey steel, like, what is it, those, <laughs> like, boxes behind, uh, behind their counter. Okay, mm. uh, which leaves you alone to finally uh, see if you can find that perfect place to hide away the orb in a way that it'll be safe, but not troubling you during your day-to-day. Um, I think, because I actually thought about this, I think what Enif is going to try and do is find a, um, like a chest, um, that they have lying around, um, and see if they can, um, enchant it in some way, um, that it's kind of a protective barrier in reverse, where, um, it's... Uh, keeping whatever's in the box in instead of keeping anything out. If gotcha. that makes sense. Alright, uh, go ahead and give me that uh, use magic roll. I think. Okay. To, to trap a specific whatever the wording of that spell is. What'd you get? Haha! <laughs> it was like 12, yeah. Um, this spell, uh, you, you, you've done similar spells before to trap things away. Uh, you're no stranger to problematic things that need to be sealed away not necessarily on this scale or this caliber but uh this is definitely uh not an uncommon spell that you, you you're familiar with it uh this spell takes a lot out of you to cast uh, as as you uh place the orb to be sealed away uh as the orb seems to just be sapping the spell as you're casting it so you have to essentially just continuously cast it for two almost three times as long as you normally have to to properly seal it and once you've sealed it you can feel it continuing the sap way of the enchantment uh once you've locked it in place the uh process of it absorbing the magics is greatly slowed thanks to the protections of the spell uh but it definitely feels like you're going to have to renew that seal probably once a week to make sure that it does not uh just get sapped away by the orb okay um then I'm going to make sure uh, Enif locks the trunk and puts the key um, on, like, a chain that they that they put around their neck and just, like, keep under their clothes. And then they just eat it. No. <laughs> and then uh, and Enif is going to go ahead and go down to the basement and basically put the chest in, like, um, a far corner, very much, like, in hidden away in the dark. Gotcha. So you, you put it uh, amongst your basement, which is... Uh, now, several weeks later, finally fully tidied, uh, everything put back in its place, and you, you tuck that chest underneath of it. Um, and as you put the chest down and tuck it in that corner and take a step away, you are finally freed from the feeling of dread and unease that just being near that orb, even through your enchantments, fills you with. And you feel like, okay, it's handled for now. <laughs>
Baron, with your carpentry work still on the recovery path with the lumber mill just starting to get back into full operation, you have resolved to get yourself back into the community, so you decided to take up an instrument. Originally, you were going to build your own, but after realizing that might take months, you decided to pick up a cheap one to learn with while you make progress on your own. After picking one up at a thrift store, you began to take lessons. You are sitting in the hallway outside your teacher's room at the Munsdale Musical Conservatory with your instrument on your lap. What is your instrument, and what does the one you picked up at the thrift store look like? Uh, it's a acoustic guitar. It has... It was the cheaper end, so it has like three uh, plastic strings and then three metal strings. And the ends of like the strings, where you tune it, are pretty like frayed kind of. And there's like a few scratches on it as well. It was like a, it was like a, a nice find at a kind of garage sale thing that it's just like, it's not it's not great. It's not in good condition. It it'll serve until you can finish building your own. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. Um. After a while of waiting, the sounds of guitar in the room stop and voices gaining in volume herald the end of the class that precedes yours. The door opens and out walks a young man and your teacher. Tell me about your guitar teacher. He is, um, kind of, kind of unkempt, but he's like, he's like that cool professor that you had maybe in, in like, Now, college. be careful, Evan, because our college professor, the cool one, did look a lot like Santa Claus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But like... He's like the he's like younger, the younger cool professor. That's he's like a, a young little, Santa. <laughs> yeah. He's got the beard going though. So kinda like a Santa that fucks. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Basically. basically <laughs> if you want to think about it like that, go for it. <laughs> what, what, what is what is Santa who fucks his name? <laughs> Jim Cranigan. I could describe him. He was wearing like a black. Sh he's wearing like a black button-up shirt, but it's like really unkempt, and like one of the buttons is probably off, and it's tucked into like jeans. Um, and I think he's wearing like, I think he's wearing cowboy boots, honestly, like leather cowboy boots. He's a total SWF. G I'm sorry, G Jim Cranigan. Yes. Okay, that's fine. I just <laughs> make sure I heard that right. <laughs> Jim Cranigan. Uh, he says a few like parting words to the student before you. Mostly, um, like, make sure you you follow up on on your core progressions and and have a good time. And and I will uh, I will forward this off with. It. I'm going to try and avoid talking about any actual guitar theory as much as possible because I know shit all about guitar. Um, I know less about guitar than I know about polymer labs. And I did not know much about polymer labs. <laughs> you gotta do your guitar research. You gotta, I know you, gotta you learn play. Them I, I I ain't doing that. I, I'm not gonna offend anyone by getting guitar stuff wrong. At least not in a way that I care about. Um, that's gonna that's gonna bite that's me. That's gonna ass, bite me. We're, we're gonna get canceled by the guitar enthusiasts. No. <laughs> as soon as I got um, to the guitar part, I knew it was done. Uh, Jim Jim turns to you and just go, goes. Let me figure out a voice for this guy. And I'll forget promptly later. Um, ah, Baron, uh, I see you got here a little early. Uh, you want to step on in? Uh, sure thing, yeah. I thought I'd get a little bit in before you know, class starts. Perfect, perfect. Uh, you've, been, you've been actually making very good progress here. Uh, and he uh, leads you into the room and, and closes the door. The room's a fairly sparsely decorated room, with presumably fairly soundproofed walls. Uh, and there are just two stools in the middle of the room. He sits down on one and picks up his guitar. As you sit down and prepare your own, you've been in these lessons at this point for probably a couple weeks now, probably 
twice a week for a couple of weeks. So you're still learning some of the basics, but you've picked up a song here and there because uh, Baron's kind of dedicated to this, considering the fact that he's trying to build a guitar. He's like, I got to make sure I learn how to play before I finish building one. I got to be um, good. <laughs> he sold his soul to the devil. Darn, should have made a fiddle. <laughs> and the uh, Jim begins taking you through uh, some of the different uh chords and uh make sure that you've been practicing what he told you last time and uh in in the the midst of it uh in between some of the the bits of practice he goes so how have you been doing since our last visit there now tell me about your mother is jim a therapist uh, now or i was gonna say <laughs> I, 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 I was just like, trying hey. to be friendly with you gosh he just <laughs> he's just doing small talk you put it but no it's like it's you like fucking aliens <laughs> You've been having nightmares still. Just ask, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) Now, did your brother beat you when you were a kid? Do you think that has to do with your emotional issues? (laughs) (laughs) That explains everything. Uh, Sorry, I I can't help it. Uh, No, I've, I've, I've been doing well. I think I've really, you know... Starting to get a hang of this, and um, it's a good it's a good hobby to you know. Sometimes I get a little, a little bored with some of my other ones, so it's a good thing to pick up and keep me entertained. Yes, I find the guitar can be quite relaxing, especially with all they've been seeing in the news lately. It's been, I mean, Monsdale's had its share of weird happenings here and there, but they've been, I don't know, it's been very strange lately. Yeah, it has. Uh, how long have you been in, in Monsdale? I mean, all my life I've uh, lived here. I've been teaching at the conservatory for six or seven years now. Um, and and, and he, he stops for a second to, to correct your, uh, your, your finger positioning on the guitar as, as he shows you the next chord. And he goes, um, yeah, I think, I think it's seven years uh, in Jan- February. I don't know. It's been quite a while. Yeah, I've only been here so long, but I don't know. I mean, if you... I thought that was just the natural way of things around here, that there's some weird stuff on the news all the time, but I don't know. What, is it, have things changed over the years that you've been here? I mean, uh, as you say, uh, weird things happen quite often, but usually they've been, I don't know, minor occurrences. Uh, but uh, did, did you see on the news a uh, major chemical leak at the Munsdale Polymer Labs? I mean, they hadn't... Uh, They've been a staple in town, and a lot of people were worried when they first got in, uh, put in an institution, but uh, they haven't had any issues that I know about until that one. And as soon as it arrived in the news outlets, uh, it immediately was gone. No one talked about it anymore. Yeah, it was kind of strange. I didn't, I didn't really hear much of, of what happened, but it sounded like, yeah, some sort of malfunction there. I don't even know what they were doing. Somebody said, there's a little bit of government research. I don't know if they're keeping some hidden secrets there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, okay, uh, now let's move on to the... Um, the I, I know you were a little bit um, uncertain about it, but I think you, you've progressed often enough. Oh, you've progressed well enough. Uh, ha, how are you coming along in, in, in that, the song you're preparing for the, the recital uh, this weekend? Uh, I think I'm doing well. Um, I've got at least the first part down quite well but um i think it still needs some work i i am curious is there any specific song that baron's learning to play uh 
I don't know. Is, is It's not an original piece, is it? I mean, I, it's it's probably just some song that Baron yeah. wanted to play. Uh, it's a small uh, world. Wasn't, like, too overly complicated. Uh, I'll let you think on it. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, he, he, he helps you go over working on that song. Um, and uh, your your uh, lesson kind of goes on without too much. Uh, you're kind of focused on getting the song ready because, as he said, the recital is this weekend, and you have invited all your friends to come along to, to see you play. Isaac, things have been strange with Iris since the incident at the labs. She has been much less talkative and you catch her zoning out and you see darkness at the edges of your vision. When you get her to talk, she seems fine but there's an underlying unease there. To top it all off, all of the issues with getting uh, Dr. Russell to move on have gotten you wondering why Iris hasn't. You don't even know how long she's been a ghost. The house where you contacted her had been abandoned for at least a couple decades. And so you decided... Who better to help with ghost issues than a literal god? And you went to visit Kernanus' apartment, knocking on the door, um, which Balanos promptly opened and uh, let you in. Uh, Kernanus, what are you doing at this time? Uh, that depends on what time it is. Uh, Isaac, what time did you decide to go visit Kernanus' apartment? Mm, probably around 11 a.m., maybe 11.30. Just doing fucking squats, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mad He's opening all his mailers he got in the mail. P90X. You know what? You're 100% right. He is opening <laughs> You walk in to see Kernunos at the, uh, the, the the breakfast nook, sorting through the various coupon mailers uh, that he's received. Got any good discounts? Ah, Isaac. Um, nothing especially useful to me. Uh, one for roofing repairs, and then there seems to be another in here for tree removal, though I don't understand why anyone would want to... <laughs> Remove a tree. That sounds dreadful. I think you you just sound like you take offense to that. Balnos yeah, immediately How takes it and rips tree. it up and puts it in the garbage. <laughs> Disgusting. Well, with all that taken care of, uh, Isaac, what brings you to my humble abode? Um. Well, if it's not too much trouble, uh, I I had a couple of questions. I wanted to know a little bit more. Um, I guess just in general about the afterlife um, and sort of what happens, uh, you know, after you die and move on, if moving on is a thing. And I figured, you know, maybe you'd know. Oh, Isaac, that's, um, that's a big kind of heady question. Uh, well, let's see. Do you want the understandable by mortals version or the even more understandable version? Ooh, um, let's try the more understandable version for now, and I'll see if that if that's enough. Kronos pulls out some visual aids. <laughs> <laughs> Gets a PowerPoint presentation booked up. Alright, well, um... Well, at this point, you've intuited that humans indeed have souls. Um, and when you pass away, however that happens, your soul moves on. It goes to an afterlife. Um, 
and it's different depending on who you are and what you believe, but um, humans, when they die, their soul does move on. And so what causes a soul to not move on, to get, you know, stuck and stick around? Well, a soul moves on... Now, you are taking the fact that heaven and hell are real and there is an actual afterlife very well for someone in your situation. I mean, I don't, I don't care too much about that part. <laughs> not why I'm asking, really. I'll deal with that at a later time. Yeah. Oh, um... What was my question? Oh, it was just, uh, uh, what happens to the spirits, or why why do spirits get stuck and stay around? Well, there's a number of reasons why a spirit would stay here. Um, for example, if their, their, their work was not finished, um, you know, we, we have things that we want to do, and we're not willing to, uh, to leave them undone. Um, or if there was some kind of extreme emotion or, or a tie that simply couldn't be broken, uh, that could stop a, a spirit from, from moving on to the, uh, to the next stage. Fair. Um, so I guess, does that mean sometimes, you know, if, if subconsciously you're not ready to go or you have something that's keeping you, but maybe you don't know what it is yet, would, would someone stick around maybe for that? Well, yes, that would that would that would do it. Um, you can think about it this way: uh, if 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 you were not ready to go on vacation, you wouldn't until you were. Uh, and in many ways, death is a vacation. Uh, well, let me put it this way: a okay. spirit outside of its body is uh, it's in misery, and that they want to move on. Uh, that is that is the ultimate goal. It's again like going on a vacation. Some <laughs> some might say that death is the ultimate <laughs> vacation, the vacation that never ends. Um, ba- Balano speaks up at that and just goes, "I I do think that there are f- a few of your friends might uh take umbrage with your description as that." <laughs> if a spirit feels so strongly um against passing on, then then they can linger here in our world. Sort of like with Doctor Russell and. And what she thought she had to do here. Yes, exactly. Um, Dr. Russell's spirit was, was so so caught up in these ideas of, of vengeance and revenge that her spirit simply could not move past um, past this world, move on to the next stage. For many spirits, um, it is indeed these negative feelings, these uh, foul machinations that, that keep them tied to this world. Yeah. Um, I like to think maybe that's not true for, for all of them, but, yeah. Um, okay, uh... I assume that you're asking this in regards to our, um, spectral friend. Is she here in the room? I don't think she actually is right now. She's been a little distant lately. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on with her ever since we, you know, got back from the polymer lab. She's just not quite been herself um i i do kind of wonder what's going on with her and that kind of made me wonder i mean she is a spirit and she is still here on earth and you know is there a reason for that and is it a good reason or is it something that she should you know try to you know come to terms with um 
I'm not sure if it's something I should try to talk to her about or help her with, or if it's something that she has to do on her own, but I think it it might have had her a little worried or, or starting to think about, you know, death or something when we were um, dealing with Dr. Russell. I, I don't even know if Iris knows that she, uh, that she is um, a ghost. Well, I'm sure this is a very confusing time for Iris. Um, I don't know of any examples of ghosts meeting one another, or, or kind of how that might impact them. Though I did see, um, I saw this movie called Casper, <laughs> and I believe in that there were four ghosts who all lived together. Although I don't know that that was um, entirely accurate. I love this concept of Carnunos just watching movies and bringing them as if they were relevant. <laughs> I watched this documentary called Casper once. <laughs> this movie called Toy Story, and it might be relevant. I hope that becomes a more common trait. Like, I really do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, <man>. good. <laughs> well, at, at any rate, Isaac, how you handle Iris is up to you. You know it better than any of us. I can't tell you what to do, but something to consider is that, well, she she is a spirit trapped here. She should have moved on, but she, she hasn't. And there's a reason for that, and some something is holding her here. I don't know what, but it is something unnatural. When someone dies, their spirit is supposed to move on. The fact that she hasn't is... Well, that's a problem. I can't tell you to, to force her to move forward, but... Remember that I said that being here is painful. She should want to move on. She should have moved on, but... She just hasn't. Yeah. I I feel torn about it. She's she's a really good friend. I mean, we've we've gotten close. We've shared a lot together, you know, since we met and I'd you know, I'd feel sad knowing that she's moved on and, and losing her and I wouldn't really be able to help with, you know, the investigations either, since a lot of what I do is is through her. But at the same time, I feel like it's selfish to want to, you know, keep her around because that's not fair to her if she needs to move on. Uh, okay, um, I don't, I don't know if I can think about this too much more. Um, I'll have to figure out something to do. Well, as a guy, I think just if Iris is keeping her distance, just let her do that. She's clearly come to terms with some things, and she'll come back and. Everything will be hunky-dory and, and back to normal. And if she does pass on, if she does move on as she should, then... Well, <laughs> Isaac, you're, um, your brain is like a, a, a magnet for ghosts. You are so <laughs> sensitive to the spirit world. I, I, can, I can see it. It's, it's astonishing, really. Uh, we, we could find you another ghost. Don't, don't worry about not being helpful, my friend. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll give her some time and then maybe see if she wants to, to talk. Baron, you wake up in the middle of the night. It is dark in your room and nearly silent, but you can tell that someone is there. What do you do? Um... 
can I help you? In response to that, um, you hear someone moving, and along with the movement, you hear the clank of metal plates against one another, and you hear a somewhat familiar uh, voice, uh, one that you have so far only reclaimed one memory of, say, It has been a long time. You. Why do I know you? I mean, we were partners for a while. It is only because of me that you have as much freedom as you do now. Is it, I, I'm, I'm guessing there's a lamp in his room. I mean, turn, you probably have yeah, some sort of light. Yeah. I'm going to turn on the lamp. It doesn't need to be quick. like an old-timey like gas lamp or anything. You yeah. turn on the light, and um, you see uh, this, this large... Uh, man of, with his pale skin, his hair tied up in that, that bun, um, just in huge, hawking, uh, black-plated armor. Oh no, uh, he's hot. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Why is everyone that Baron meets hot? <laughs> it's his curse to bear. Um, a- as your eyes adjust to the light, you can see, um, that he's not all there. He is faintly transparent. Um, and he says, Is it... Uh, it's Baron you're going by now? Why does everybody seem to be so judgmental about my name? <laughs> but, yeah, Baron. Close enough. I... think you should come with me. There's something we need to do. Something to finally... sever the Dark Master's grasp once and for all. Very well. I'll follow him, I guess. You get up, and you are a little shakier on your feet than you think you should be, and, uh, like, your your head swims for a second after you get up, uh, but it passes fairly quickly. Um, he says, You might want to, uh, change. We have a little bit of a ways to go. Where exactly are we going? I'll tell you on the way. <sighs> okay. Baron will get changed into real clothes and put on some some boots. Alright, you change into some real clothes and boots and you head out the door and uh, the night begins leading you in uh, towards town. Um, it is a, a decently long walk, uh, but you seem to be making a surprisingly good pace. Every time you look around, you're much further along than you think you should be. And the knight says, We are going to reclaim a artifact that should cleanse you of the master's grip. Okay, um, where is the artifact? It is contained deep within the city. We will be there in short order. Why are you helping me? We were allies once. I was the one that Betrayed our master to set you free. What do you mean, why am I helping? I mean, you don't also... You, you seem like you're not all here, so to speak. I passed away. I am barely a remnant of what I once was. And yet you're still trying to help me. Okay. Alrighty, well, I guess lead the way to wherever we're going. Yep, you keep, continue walking towards the city, and again, like, 
every time you look around, you are much further on than you should have been. Um, and then eventually you are at a vaguely familiar looking storefront, but not one that you distinctly recognize. Um, and the knight gestures towards the door and says, I have no physical being. You will have to let us in. Okay. Um, I think Perrin opens the door and kind of like motions his hand and like, after you. Uh, it, it is locked. Oh. <laughs> It's it is, is it, the middle of the night. This door um, isn't just open. What uh is it like a like a glass door to the to it's, shop? It's I guess? like yeah, it's it's a basic door to shop. Like th- th- this is like a, a glass door front. Uh, as as you kind of look around at the shop, your vision kind of swims and you can't really focus on anything inside the shop. Um, okay. I guess I'll just try and like. Fuck, I can't remember the name of the move, but I'm a... No use, Limits? No Limits, thank you, yeah. Um, and just kind of rip open the door. Alright, give me that plus weird. Ten. Alright, uh, you get a ten, so that just goes off. I think there's no downside if you get that. Let me double just double check. check yeah. yeah uh, on a ten, your body obeys your will is to limit the physical possibility for a moment. Yeah, you just rip this door open. Um... And you, you motion for the knight to go in, and he floats on in, um, and you walk into the store, and you are, you're, 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 you just get super lightheaded as you walk into the store, and you are absolutely not able to look at anything for more than a couple of seconds. You find yourself, like, clenching your eyes shut to, to swim, in, and the knight says, You must muster yourself. We have work to do, and I cannot aid you directly. Why is it so difficult to focus on everything right now? I know not. Perhaps there are wars against your kind here. I am uncertain. Alrighty. Well, let's keep going. Uh, and he begins leading you uh, through the, this shop, uh, and, and it is not getting any better as you walk through it. Um, and then he leads you to a door uh, that when you open it, uh, it has stairs leading down. Enif, you wake up in the middle of the night to something shining at you from the ceiling. When you open your eyes, you see a sigil you have not seen in a long time. It is the symbol of your cult, minus the three dots representing the elders. A sigil you had formed with someone you haven't spoken to in a long time. It means simply that no one is watching and that you can speak freely. For how all-in most members of the cult were, it was still nice to talk candidly from time to time. What do you do? Uh, Enif is gonna kind of like sit up a little bit and just kind of look around and say, um, Yildon? As if detaching herself from the shadows, Yildon uh, just seems to materialize in the corner of your bedroom. Um, she is a woman of around the same age as Enif, but looking, actually looking like she's in her mid-thirties. Um, and she is a, a short stature with short fingers and a short attention span, <laughs> according to these notes. Uh, she, has, she has straight brown hair and a low braid uh, to keep her hair out of her face. She approaches you and just goes, Enif, it's been too long. What are you doing here? I... Things are taking a turn with the cult. 
something's happening, and I, I heard about your excommunication, and it's all getting to be a bit too much. I don't, I don't think I'm as strong as you. I don't think I can cut ties, but I wanted to give you a warning. Oh, Enif just nods, like, to keep talking. Something's big is coming. I'm not sure what they... The elders are even more secretive than the usual. And the, the magic drawn by the cult has been so much more powerful. Than used. I, I don't know what has changed, but something is coming. I don't know how soon. From what I can tell... Maybe a couple, a month, maybe two, but you need to be ready. Something is, something not good is coming. If you, if you feel like this, why don't you leave? I, you escaped when the elders were changing their focus, and I don't think they, a lot of people had the same issues as you, and you left with a, a bit of a, a few, a few other people also left at the same time, and a number of other people were kind of thinking of doing the same, so in order to keep the order, the elders didn't pursue anyone for, for a long while, but now now that all this power is coming in, the elders have reconsolidated their power, and I, I don't think people can escape again. I mean, I can help you. If you truly want to leave, I can try and help you. She looks conflicted and uh, looks a little more resolute and just goes, I, that means a lot, Enif. I, I'll consider it. I, I just need some time to think. And she is cut off by the sound of the door to your shop getting torn open. Um, Enif, like, jumps out of bed. Like, surprised. Um, <laughs> As you jump out of bed, Yildun cast um, a spell and she has simply gone. Um, unsurprisingly with how she's flying under the wire here. Uh, and you are left alone in your, your uh, shop. Um, Enif um, grabs like a, like a dressing gown or something like that and like wraps it around themselves and like runs down the stairs to the front, to, to, the, to the main body of the shop to see what the hell is going on. You run down to your shop, and you see the door just... You see, like, the, the deadbolt torn through the, the wood of the door, and you hear the door to your basement open up, and someone begin walking down to the basement. Um, since I just put the orb down there, I'm gonna run on over and figure out what the fuck's going on. Right. You run on over and look down, and at the base of the stairs, you see Baron. He is blinking heavily and rubbing his eyes consistently, and he seems to be talking to someone that you can't see. Uh, Baron, you are at the bottom of these steps following the knight, uh, and he is uh, casting his gaze around, and he says, It's down here somewhere, I know it is. I, uh... And then uh, he he you both hear the door uh, to the basement open, and you look up, and at the top of the stairs, you see, see the silhouette of a person. And uh, the night eight goes, Baron. We can't let them stop us. Why? Who are they? They are they are the one who stole this this object of power that 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 can free you. You 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 must either get the object immediately or stop them from stopping you. Uh, well, okay. Well, where's the object? Do you do you see it anywhere here? 
it's uh, must be tucked in. Um, Enif, what are you doing as as this knight tries to help Baron find the object? I see Baron, right? And I recognize him as Baron? Yeah. You see Baron, you do not see the person he is talking to. You've, you've heard some of the things he's saying. You're at the top of the stairs, so you don't catch, like, all the uh-huh. words, but you catch, like, the who are they as, as he looks up at you. Um, Enif is going to kind of approach, like, go down the stairs cautiously and just be like, Baron, what the hell are you doing here? Uh, Baron, you, you hear these words, but they are garbled to hell, and you cannot comprehend a single word. Um, I, I think he ignores them and starts looking around the, um, in the direction of wherever the, you know, my knight friend is pointing. All right, go and give me a uh, plus sharp roll to, to try and seek it out. Okay. That's the wrong button. All right, so you are you are having some trouble. Um, you are getting closer to it, and even if you see Baron kind of approaching the direction of the chest containing the orb, um, com- seeming to completely ignore you, uh, and like casting a glance in a space in the air where there's nothing there, and then continuing towards the direction of the orb. Um, Enif's gonna run down the stairs a little quicker once they realize kind of what direction he's going in, um, and just be like, Baron, what are you doing? You stop you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna ind- disrupt it and just like um tries and puts themselves between baron and and the orb all right these words are continually garbled and this 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 person who who much the same as the beast of the back rooms is just refusing to resolve much like most of your environment right now uh, and they put themselves in your way i think like baron just like yells out like whoever you are get, get out of my way i, I have to do this Whoever I am, I'm Enif. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, and uh, Enif's gonna use their um, third eye to try and see what on earth is going on with Baron. Okay, yeah, I'll go and read a bad situation. Ooh. Oof. Um, all right, <laughs> okay, <Uh-oh>. sure. <laughs> That's a six. Uh, here's what happens Enif, if you open your third eye to try and figure out what's uh casting this pole and your third eye is just overwhelmed with darkness um you feel like just this this straight spear of dark energy connecting between baron and the the darkness the dark orb in your chest and just stab straight through your third eye and you just collapse to the floor um just instinctively wailing in pain uh, you uh, are just completely blind for the moment and are in a great deal of pain. Um, Baron, this person just collapses to the floor and starts screaming. Um, I think he kind of looks to the knight and is like, did, did you do that? Like, are you helping me? I'm doing what I can. And at this point, uh, Baron, I'd like you to roll to act under pressure as you try and kind of figure out what the fuck's going on. Alrighty. That is a 13. 13. Um, as you, you look at this knight, and, and from, from your questions, I have a feeling that Baron's not really been all bored of this from the beginning. Nope. He, yeah. Uh, you, you, you squint your eyes really hard and try and focus like on this suspicion, and the, the blurriness fades away, and you see Enif on the ground screaming, and you recognize this place as the basement of Veritate. And the knight is losing resolution as you concentrate on him closer. And the knight goes, Baron, where's, where's, where, where, 
we're so close. And the night fades into darkness. Uh, damn, he tricked me. Almost had me too. Uh, Enif is still on the ground, just, just moaning in pain. I think Baron kind of walks over like, Enif, are you okay? Um, Enif kind of like flinches back and is just kind of like, what on earth are you doing here in the middle of the night? I, uh, uh, it's a long story. Um, I don't think I can, uh, I mean, I can explain it. Maybe over tea? Fine, just, let's just get out of the basement, please. Okay, cool. You guys both head up to the basement and get into the, the parlor where Enif can kind of sit down and, and, uh, rest their wounds a bit and Baron can kind of contemplate all that just happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Enif is gonna kind of like still, you know, clutching their head, you know, make, make some tea and, and sit down and just, and, you know, just be like, um, so is there a reason you, you know, destroyed my door and, sh- and they like gestured to the door that's still like, you know, <laughs> where like the bolt is like torn off the wall and, um, and tried to ransack my basement? I mean, is everything okay? You know. <laughs> I think Baron looks at the door and is like, uh, uh, "I can fix that." Uh, sorry. Uh, I, I, that's hard to say, but let me let me try and explain this as well as I can. Um, I I don't have a lot of memory of you know what anything about my my life at all, but the one thing that has come back as of late has been the image of, of a, like a colleague or someone that was basically my my friend at some point and they appeared to me tonight as well but led me here saying that i needed to get some artifact that would help me at the end of the day but as i got closer it things got more and more blurry and i couldn't tell where i was um i didn't really question it because it, in the past he's helped me out um, when I did have a vision of him in the past so I did trust him at first but now I that was completely false I I was basically lured in to try and get something from your, your basement there I don't know if that's where we're even keeping that weird orb maybe uh, yeah I, I put it I put it in the chest and, and sealed it away as best I could and stuck it in the basement so it wouldn't you know disrupt our magic any more than it should but it seems that maybe I didn't hide it as well as I hoped. Someone must, obviously somebody or something knows that it's there. So we might have to hide it again, but at least yeah. at least you got out of it before you could, you know, get access to it. I don't know why this person wanted the orb, but I don't think it was for any good reason. I don't think it was either. At the end, I when I kind of pulled back in and realized where I was. I think it loosened the control that it had over me. And I think it was more of kind of, you know, whatever has been weirdly controlling me as of late. I think they were behind the scenes all the time and trying to trick me. I don't think that... Don't think we, I think we need to find a better hiding spot maybe for that orb or keep a better eye on it here. It's definitely... The orb is definitely complicated things. It's... We're going to have to be a little bit more cautious of who we talk to and and who we trust. There's a lot of things going on that, that we don't know yet. Definitely. Well, um, I'll come back tomorrow to fix the door. 
it's the weekend after this strange night happened, uh, and it is the night of Baron's recital, uh, which, just for the sake of ease of uh, narrative, I'm going to assume you all went to. Uh, I'm going to yes. also assume that Balanus also joined. Uh, and you all you all gather in your seats. It's a uh, a fairly simple little uh, like gathering room. Most of the people here are just like friends or family of the performers uh, come to see them as they show off what they've learned so far at the uh, conservatory. Uh, and you take your seats uh, amongst the crowd and uh, await Baron's performance. Uh, a number of performances go by, uh, including uh, you are a little bit surprised, but considering this is the main kind of place to learn music in Munsdale, it's not overly surprising. Uh, Ruth is actually uh, one of the performers, and she performs a, a wonderful piece. Uh, I think she performs for Elise on the piano. Oh, wonderful. Uh, and as you are sitting there, um, Isaac, you just feel like someone's watching you, and you're not sure why. Every time you kind of look over your shoulder, you don't catch anyone's gaze. Um, but you feel like someone is just keeping an eye on you, and you can't quite shake the feel. Is it Priyanka? It's probably Priyanka. <laughs> You take a look around in the crowd, and you actually you you do see Priyanka and uh, Jimothy and uh, and and Cato all all in the crowd, presumably there for for Ruth's performance. Um, but they are actually sitting ahead of you, and so Priyanka is clearly not watching you, hmm. at least not at this moment. Um, and as you continue to take a look around, you just can't seem to locate where this feeling is coming from, and you you can't do much more than shrug it off and hope it goes away. Uh, because at that point, uh, Baron uh, begin, comes out and begins his performance. Uh, I think uh, Jim comes out and introduces him, and you all get to see the young Santa who fucks. And uh, he introduces uh, his newest student, uh, Baron. Um, it's ve- everyone gets a little bit. I don't think anyone's like too weirded out by it, but everyone gets a little bit weirded out by the fact that there's no last name listed because it's the first performer who does not have a last name listed. <laughs> uh, but Baron comes out with his guitar and plays "Bad Moon Rising" by CCR. <laughs> okay. Uh. Go and give me a straight up two d six roll. <laughs> no, to 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 see how well Baron does. Two d six. Yep, just the, the usual roll, no modifiers. Okay. So you have not been playing the guitar very long. Uh, it's a seven. It's it's not bad. You you miss a few notes, but like you manage to keep up the tempo. And so like, for anyone who's unfamiliar with the song, they probably don't even notice. Um, and the people who are familiar just recognize that you're new to this and are. Uh, one of the biggest um, things that trip up new performers is when they mess up, they tend to stop, which gives away the fact that they messed up. And you actually manage to keep up the, the pace and keep up playing the song in spite of your mistakes. Uh, and you get, you get a, a hearty, uh, appreciative applause uh, from everyone at the end of your song. And you go back and a number of more people um, you know, come up and do their performances. I don't think you guys recognize anyone else that's performing that night. Uh, and eventually the, uh, the recital is over. The, the, uh, Current, per, uh, current president of the conservatory thanks everyone for coming and 
uh, says that they're welcome to come and talk to the performers or the, the staff. And uh, as long as everyone clears out within an hour, uh, they're welcome to stay and, and you know, uh, talk to everyone. Uh, shortly after, as everyone kind of steps off and, and gathers into little crowds to talk to everyone, uh, you guys catch up with Baron, who is talking with Jim. Uh, and Jim turns to all of you and just goes, Ah, so I, I guess you are Baron's friends. Uh, he's, 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 he's mentioned you a few times in our, during our lessons. Yes, we're Baron's friends. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. My name is uh, James. <laughs> nice to meet you, James. I, I, I'm not sure if he's uh, mentioned your name yet, but I might have just forgotten it. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like Baron definitely actually said Cornunos when he was talking <laughs> Great. to him. Um, yeah, uh, um, this is this is Enif and Isaac. Hi. Well. Enif just kind of gives um, a little wave. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad you all could, you know, meet. Uh, this is this is Jim. This is my guitar instructor. You know, he's taught me all I know. Um, J- Jim chuckles a little bit of that and just goes, "Yes, well, uh." Each of my students brings a little bit in themselves that you've certainly been putting the work in. It's, uh, it's not often that one of my students gets to play in the first recital after they've started lessons. You've really uh, impressed me again and again, Baron. Oh, thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. All right, well, I, I'm going to go check in with my other students. Um, it, was, it was grand meeting you all, uh, and I look forward to our next lesson, Baron. Make sure you, you keep practicing. Um, I'm sure you can get the, uh, that song completely without error. You did marvelously for your first performance between, in front of people, I've got to say. Uh, so don't sweat any of the, the, the minor issues, as I said. Just uh, make sure you're, you're practicing your finger position. Okay, yeah, will do. Talk to yeah, he, he nods and, and smiles, and he makes his way off, leaving the four of you alone among us. Baron, that was so good. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's really good, yeah. Was it- Honest, How long though. have you been playing? Uh, about a couple of weeks now, I think. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I started just a little bit, a little bit back. But I don't know. It really says I've been kind of trying to, you know, I picked it up really well. I just kind of came naturally, I guess. It's good that you picked up a hobby, though. Yeah, absolutely. You did a great job. Yeah, I needed something else to do to take off, take my mind off of things, and I'm also trying to see if I can just. Figure out what else is going on around town, too. I don't know, with all the weird stuff we've seen lately, I'm hoping that I can maybe be more aware of things that are happening beforehand. Speaking of weird stuff going on and being more aware of things that are happening, um, when we were in the audience, did anybody else get a kind of weird feeling, like you're, you know, being watched or something? I mean, there is a row behind us, Isaac. They're probably watching us by the yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I would think that they're watching the people on stage, but it, I mean, just more than that. Like, <laughs> someone was actively, like, watching us. I had a lot of people actively watching me. <laughs> okay, well, you don't count. <laughs> oh. What do you. Isaac's friends are the best. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Isaac? <laughs> I don't think I felt that at all. Um, Chris, I take a look around the theater. Do I see anyone that we know? Like, um,. Is Erish Kegel in the in the stands? Uh, you do not see Erish Kegel. Uh, as you look around, though, you do spot someone that looks vaguely familiar hastily exiting the the area, leaving through the, the doors. Uh, I say, um, guys, do you do you recognize that person over there, the who just left? Do we? 
I know, uh, I know Enif sure as hell doesn't. As you look over, Enif, uh, this person looks vaguely familiar to you too, but as is the case with Enif, you just cannot put a name or like a, a meeting place to the face. Um, Baron and Isaac, the person does not look familiar to you at all as they exit the room. Nope. I can't say so. I mean, I think so, but wouldn't be able to give you a name. Kinunos is just gonna, uh, just turn around and go and follow him. Okay. (laughs) Um, Kinunos immediately leaves to go tell the person. Um, do the three of you just let him go, or? Uh, I guess we should... Maybe follow Baron. Do you have to put your guitar down or something, or are you just gonna bring it? Um, I feel like Baron has the case with him. And I'll just kind of like, as they're walking, put it in the case. Like it's like a little soft case kind of thing, and zip it up and say, "Yeah, let's 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 follow him just in case." As we're walking, Enif just offhandedly says, "Well, you should be glad you didn't invite Jeff. He would have been so jealous." Um. <sighs> <sighs> Kinnunus gets a, a, a decent lead on you just because Kinnunus just immediately went into tracking mode. <laughs> took off. Um, like... <laughs> and it took you guys a little bit to decide whether to follow him and, and get the guitar put away. Uh, Kinnunus, you make it out into the night air following this person, just catching them as they, they exit rooms and make it outdoors. Uh, and the moment you uh, make it outside, uh, you see their, uh, the, the, the tip of their foot around the corner of the building. Um, and it's not moving. And you, you, you notice that the wind through the trees is no longer blowing. And you look and you see many of the leaves kind of not following their natural movements, completely still floating in the air. Uh, and the door behind you that should have swung shut is, is hanging open. Uh, and after a couple of seconds of this, you hear a voice behind you uh, in an eerie, echoing fashion, say, Hello, Kerninus. I don't think we've had the pleasure yet. Have we? No, I don't think so. Um, are you this, uh, what was it? Able person that everyone kept bumping into? I think you're getting me confused with a biblical figure. My name, as I gave it to Eno, is, 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 is Moral. Ah, more right. Sorry, I uh, had that confused. Is that a human name? It is decidedly not. I mean, it is not off the wall to get me confused with an important figure in story. I suppose. So, moral. Um, what can I do for you? I I can only I I can only appear so so often. It is difficult for me to exist in, 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 in this space, but I needed to catch one of you, and you, I have not spoken to you yet, so it presents interest, and interest is important. Interest? What do you mean exactly? Uh, and, and the space around you is, is beginning to distort much like it has for others, but thanks to your uh, experience in spaces that are not entirely uh, mortal accommodating, um, you, you are equipped a little better to handle the, the echoing voice of this, this figure as they continue, um, and they go, There, there are powers, powers 
or no, no, it is hard to describe to you. Describing it to you would not make sense to you. But but when I entered your world, it, it is incorrect. I should not be here. Not 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 this way. But but and others others. I I thought it was just me, but others other have escaped from where I entered from and. There is danger in that. And where exactly did you enter from? Again, I... Again, I... I, It is difficult to say. I have always been here in a manner. But I am not meant to exist in this way. It's difficult to speak to you in this way, in a manner that has the context that you need. Well, I'm not exactly immortal. You might find that I don't quite require the same context. What exactly do you want from me? I... <laughs> that is almost a, a joke to me. Alright, well, no. Yes, that was a foolish question. Um, let me try this. Are you malevolent? Are you here to hurt me and my friends? Oh, oh that is that is easier. easier. I am, I am not, not malevolent to anyone. anyone. I am simply I am here, here to, to fix an, fix error, an error, error caused by, by those who those do not know, know the enormity of the task they are undertaking. I, I, I must apologize. I, I cannot stay for long. Reality is lacking and and then, um, Kernanus, you were hit by the door behind you and knocked flat on your face <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> the remaining three members, <laughs> as the remaining door. three members of your party, uh, come outside behind you. Oh, whoops. <laughs> you okay there, buddy? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I'm First fine. First time using the door? Ugh. <laughs> What? No. Uh, it's okay. The, hmm. I think I just had a run-in with a uh, intemporal friend. Uh, oh, the... the um, Moral? What's his name? Yeah. Wait, you saw Moral? Oh, you saw Moral? Yes, they stopped me here. They stopped time and were talking to me. Are they... Huh. Enough, like, looks around. Are they still here? N- no. No. <laughs> So uh, I was about to say, so so far they have demonstrated that they can only kind of exist in this like timeless space, um, where like only one person can perceive them. So yeah, no, they are not here in keeping with that trend. What did they say? Oh, uh, they didn't say anything specific. Um, just normal cryptic nonsense. But they did at least say that they weren't dangerous to us they were not an enemy well i guess that's good wait where did the person go that you were chasing that wasn't moral i didn't recognize them that's a good question uh chris Uh, are they here no uh they in uh again in keeping with the trend of how moral seems to work the time that you were talking with them passed concurrently with you not experiencing the time and so that person seems to be long gone no, I I guess I lost them. Oh. 
Moral may not have said anything specific, but I don't know. I've got a sinking feeling. I think we need to keep I mean, a closer eye on the agency. I don't trust them, and I feel like I trust them less now. I mean, I know that you guys are friends with Agent Franks and that he was working with you, but everything that I've seen, it doesn't look like the agency is really a, a good agency. They're more like the bad guys. I mean, they really haven't done much in recent times to make us trust them. Sure, they've helped us out, but I'm starting to wonder if that's maybe just to their own end and not ours. They might have ulterior motives. I think I think we should be careful about who we trust from now on. That's probably a good idea. And as you, you say this, the, the doors uh, to the conservatory open once again, and the members of the speedrunning club walk out. Um, they mostly ignore you, uh, but Priyanka looks you dead in the eyes, Isaac, and does the I'm watching you gesture. And, <laughs> Avatar uh, style? Kind of looks like... <laughs> Yes, exactly <laughs> like that. And, and, and looks at looks at y- your your group and uh, looks at Isaac and just also mouths, I'm watching you, um, and then continues walking with her friends. Enif leans down towards Isaac and just goes, who was that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chris, quick question. Are they looking at Kernunos at all? Uh, I mean, they, not, not directly, no. They kind of looked around your group. So they're not focusing on the the guy that matches the description of the murderer of the one dad, right? No one's no one's paying attention <laughs> to that. Yeah. I mean, the description wasn't great. Uh, it was just he was tall a guy. guy with tall guy with curly hair and sparkling eyes. Could be anybody. Um, <laughs> careful with those eyes. Honestly, w- without looking at the eyes, could be Enif. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, but they walk off. The killer could be any one of us. Could be you. <laughs> Could be me. <laughs> it's me. Ah. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't don't mind Priyanka. She's uh, she is a little suspicious of me. Priyanka. Um, but I I do actually um, have a question. I know that you guys have been doing uh, some investigations and stuff. You know, before I met up with you. Um, did you ever uh, run across a guy named um, uh, Hank Rogers? Mm, name doesn't seem awfully familiar. Hmm. Hey. Um, sounds familiar. I think he, maybe, if yeah, anyone, I think he worked, uh, Baron um, should remember him. <laughs> how did he I mean, come up? Baron didn't interact a lot with, like, the actual Lumberjack, so... Yeah. Him um, vaguely remembering matches, because it's been, like, a month yeah, or two true. at this point. Probably close to two months. He worked, uh, at the lumber mill. Um, he's the dad of uh, one of my classmates, and apparently he went missing a little while back. Um, oh. And they said the last person they saw talking to him was uh, someone that, you know, may kind of look like Kernunos, but it probably could have been anyone. So I don't know if you guys saw him and maybe know what happened to him and where he went. I am starting to remember. Oh, I can I can put that to rest. He, He's dead. Oh my god. <laughs> Kernunos. He's I mean, dead? Don't say it so loud. <laughs> Wait, who was that again? He was the one that... Um, Shot you, Enif. Do you remember that? And then, which also may have died in your basement. <laughs> Enif just <laughs> lets, lets out a huge sigh. <laughs> like, glares at Kernunos. <laughs> I'm starting to remember now, yes. <laughs> yeah, so was he hurt in some, you know, in whatever monster 
attack there was or what happened? He was not um, in the right mind. He was being possessed. And he unfortunately um, didn't, didn't make it when we were doing our investigation. Isaac, you've got to understand that we can't save everyone when these things happen. He was one of those casualties. Oh, um, okay. Uh, I guess I'll... Hmm. I mean, I told her I would try to, to look for him and, and see if we found anything, so... I don't want to tell her that he's dead. Um, maybe I'll just say we don't know. Uh, yes, no, Isaac, you should absolutely not say anything about this to anyone. Do not imply that we know his fate or, or anything along those lines. I mean, no, I, yeah, I don't, who, I don't want to. Who have you been talking to, Isaac? I'm, we, we can't just go start going around and telling everyone what we're doing. I mean... I'm not. I really would not rather not be arrested. Doing. I, told them, <laughs> I told them I didn't know what was going on at the college, and I told them I didn't know what was going on at the camp, and that I wasn't at the polymer labs. Um, but that's where uh, Seema's mom works, and this other girl was with them, and apparently her dad was at the lumber mill, and you guys were at the lumber mill, and apparently he was killed in the monster attack, and possessed or something, and that's really all that they just wanted to make sure I wasn't involved in it. So no, of course I didn't tell him I was involved in it, but I told her that I would help her try to find her dad. Isaac, I don't know if we we can actually help her. Like, I mean, he's dead. <laughs> he's dead, Jim. Let uh, me know if his condition improves. Yeah. Yep, still dead. Um, but I, I mean, I, I think I agree here with Kernanus and Anina. We can't really start going down that path. There, it's it's going to get us into a lot of trouble, to say the least. I think what we're doing is good, but there are these types of scenarios where we're going to run into where, from the outside perspective, it may not come off like that. Okay, um, but can you just tell me one more thing, just to put my mind at ease? Was that the only... There, there, there wasn't any way to save him from the possession, was there? I mean, Dr. Russell, like, we were able to break through to her, um, and... You know, there. I'm sure there was probably another way to help him. Was it really? Did he die, and there was no other way? Isaac, what we do isn't. It's not like science. There isn't a formula for everything, and a lot of the things that we work with, we, all of us, we don't always understand everything that it is. And we're going to come across things where we do the best we can and we do everything in our power to try and help. But we're not always going to have all the answers and some of the things we do can go wrong. That's just kind of the nature of it. We do the best we can to help as many people as we can. But even we can't prevent everything. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I I didn't mean to make it sound like you know, like he would killed him directly or something. It just Cornu- I know that there Cornunos, are Cornunos sweats nervously <laughs> in the background. <laughs> Shifty yeah. eyes. Yeah, like with Mariner, you know, that we we tried our best and that if there's nothing that we could do, then there's nothing that you could do. Um so as long as yeah, that was kind of the case, then I'm okay. 
Um, I'll let her know that, you know, maybe we, we don't know anything or uh, haven't really got any leads for her, but that I'm sure he's out there somewhere. Kernunos, later that night, you are out uh, checking in on one of the cult's communes. You sneak in only to find that the area is empty. Well, not empty exactly, but all the buildings have been taken down, clearly in a hurry. There are discarded objects all around the empty field, looking for all the world as if a circus had hastily left town. In a hurry, you go to each of the locations Enos showed you weeks ago, uh, in turn, and each in turn greets you at the same site until you take the chance and visit the main commune. Your free ears are confirmed, as you see the main settlement of cultists has ballooned in size since the last time you spied on them. They're consolidating their power, but for what? You don't know. 